Welcome to the Loss and Lifting Talk podcast. The show is created to help you find your confidence by breaking down the complicated science of training and nutrition and turning it into simple, but more importantly, practical solutions that you can implement right away to start creating real results inside your body composition. We don't stop there either. We dive into the mental aspect of fitness to not only build a better body, but a better life all around. Podcasts were the medium where I learned and grew as an individual more than any other place in my life. The goal of this podcast is to give that back to you to start building the exact body and life that you know you're capable of. So without further ado, let's jump into the episode. Today, we're going to keep things extremely simple. The longer and longer that I keep myself in this industry and just talk with everyday people, moms, dads, people with businesses, people with families, people with a lot of responsibility outside of training and nutrition who maybe want to improve their body composition. There's so much confusion. There's so much complexity thrown on fitness, thrown on nutrition to help you achieve the goals that you have for yourself, just in terms of feeling better, in terms of looking better, in terms of having more confidence, in terms of being able to be more mobile into your later years, people try to complicate the hell out of this in terms of marketing, to sell you specific diets, to sell you specific workout programs, all these different things that at the end of the day are just muddying the waters, murking the waters, so to speak, in terms of not allowing you to actually see it for what it truly is because everybody's trying to put their unique spin on it to be able to market it to you in a way that's going to make their specific way seem special or more effective than anybody else's. And at the end of the day, we could all do this, right? When I very first started coaching, I was in a very similar situation to try to figure out, okay, like how can I put my spin on fitness? How can I put my spin on fat loss? How can I put my spin on marketing to make myself look more credible, um, more special, or just be like the shiny light that people are going to want to interact with, which is going to help me get more sales, which is ultimately going to help me be able to help more people. And what I started to realize was that I could do the most, I could give the most value. I could be that bright light, that shiny object by just being 100% honest because there's not many people out there willing to be honest with you when it comes to training, nutrition, changing your body composition. There's still a load of people out there that think you have to restrict carbohydrates, that keto is the best diet for fat loss, that you have to do a bunch of cardio or HIIT workouts to lose body fat, all these different types of things that at the end of the day aren't going to make a difference in terms of your results and it comes down to just a few main factors when it comes to fat loss. It's extremely simple. There are six keys to you creating really good results in terms of dropping body fat, feeling better, potentially adding some lean muscle tissue onto your frame, creating more longevity out of your life, to build more confidence, to have more aesthetics, to be in a position to where your body is an asset and not a liability. Six things. It has nothing to do with decreasing your carbs, totally restricting carbs, never eating sugar again, never eating fruit again, never eating processed foods again, or anything like that. It comes down to putting yourself into a calorie deficit. 
That is number one. And what do I mean by calorie deficit? Everybody talks about it. All it simply means is that you are going to consume less calories over time than what your body burns. If you're eating less calories than your body is burning, your body is going to be forced to use tissue as energy to continue to survive. That's all that a calorie deficit is. You're eating less calories than your body is burning, so your body is forced to use its tissue as energy. That's how we drop body fat. That's how we lose weight, is eating less than what we burn, which forces us to use tissue as energy. It's as simple as that. It doesn't have anything to do with carbs. It doesn't have anything to do with sugar. It doesn't necessarily have anything to do with an insulin spike. That is what it comes down to. And so when we're pulling this energy off of our body, where do we want that to come from? Well, we want it to come from body fat stores, right? We don't want to eat less calories than our body burns and start to lose weight in terms of actually losing muscle. So that's where number two and number three come in, which number two is eating enough protein. And number three is lifting weights three to five times at least per week. I say three to five as a general rule. Some people might only be able to lift weights two days per week. That's better than zero days per week. Some people might want to lift six days per week, but as a general consensus, the mo- the, the, a good rule of thumb is three to five times per week in terms of weightlifting. So eating enough protein, weightlifting three to five times per week, being in a calorie deficit. The protein and the lifting are going to ensure that you are retaining lean muscle tissue while in a calorie deficit so that your body is forced to drop body fat and not lean muscle tissue. Because if we were to lose lean muscle tissue, that becomes a lot more problematic. Lean muscle, if we lose lean muscle tissue, one, it's not going to have us look as good as we continue to lose weight. We're going to continue to remain looking very soft. We're going to continue to look very saggy. We're going to lose strength. We're going to be a lot weaker. And so we want to retain lean muscle tissue when we're in a deficit. That's why we're eating a sufficient amount of protein, ideally somewhere between 0.7 to 1.2 grams per pound of lean body weight, as well as we're lifting three to five times per week on a general basis. This is going to force us to retain lean muscle tissue so that as we're in a calorie deficit, our body is forced to use body fat as energy and not lean muscle tissue. Very simple, right? Very simple to understand. So that's number one, two, and three, eating in a calorie deficit, eating enough protein, lifting three to five times per week. If you're doing those three things, I promise you're going to start to see really good results in terms of fat loss and improving your body composition. But then we go into number four, which is remaining consistent with your activity level and step count. One thing that can happen as you start to eat in a deficit over time is that as you're Physically eating less than what your body is burning, your energy levels get a little bit worse. This is very normal to have happen. Your energy will start to slow down a little bit with time. And what we often end up seeing happen is you're not as active in a deficit the longer that you're in that deficit as you were when you weren't in a deficit and you're at more maintenance and you had a lot more energy to be able to pull from. Your body just kind of slows down. You start to get a little bit more mentally fatigued. You may not be walking around as much. You may not be fidgeting as much. All things that are going to are gonna help keep your neat, your non-exercise activity thermogenesis at a high enough rate or at a consistent rate. 
that is. And so the deeper you get into a deficit, the more likely you are to stop taking as many steps throughout the day, which is going to have you burning less calories throughout the day, which is then going to maybe you're still eating the same amount of calories, but if your activity level has decreased, you're not burning as many calories. So that deficit has gotten a lot smaller and you might start to stall. And so this is why with clients, we make sure that they're counting their step goal. And then you're going to ask, okay, so what should my step goal be on a daily basis? Again, this is going to be a little bit different for everybody. It depends on what your current lifestyle looks like, what's feasible for you. That's not going to be too stressful. There's some clients that I work with that have a desk job. They're not up and about a whole lot. Maybe they've got like a bad hip or a bad back or something that doesn't allow them to be super active. Well, these types of people, okay, let's just aim for five to 6,000 steps per day. That's going to be feasible for you. One 15, 20 minute walk, just the rest of your walking that you do throughout the day. If you're hitting that five to 6,000, we'll count that as your caloric expenditure um, through your knee and we're in a good position. That's what we're aiming for. Other people who are a little bit more active, they go to the gym the majority of the day, maybe they're up on their feet a little bit more. Okay. For that person, I'm looking maybe around 8,000 steps per day. That's what we want to be hitting. And then we have people who are like waitresses on their feet for their career. They go to the, the gym, um, quite frequently, well, these types of people. Okay. It makes sense. Let's have your activity be around, let's say 10 to 12,000 steps per day. Um, and so everybody's going to be a little bit different on how many steps Look at your lifestyle, look at how many steps you get in on a daily basis um, very regularly, and then think about, okay, could I add a 10 to 20 minute walk daily outside? One, it's going to help you get more vitamin D um, and just be able to clear your thoughts a little bit, almost use it as a meditative um, practice as well, which is part of the reason that I still go on daily walks. But two, it's going to keep your caloric expenditure a little bit higher so you can either get away with eating a little bit more calories and still lose weight or be able to lose weight at a little bit of a faster rate as your caloric expenditure is a little bit higher, if that makes sense. So that's number four, a consistent step count. If you diet for a long time and you hit a plateau, it's very common to see you just stop being as active and getting in as many steps and so your caloric expenditure isn't as high and that's what creates that plateau. So number four, like I said, getting a consistent step count each day, aiming for somewhere between six to 12,000 steps. The more active you are, 10 to 12K, the less active you are, restrictions you have, somewhere closer to five, six, 7K steps per day is probably a good rule of thumb for your situation. So that's the fourth building block to fat loss. Number five is getting somewhere between six to eight hours of sleep per night. Why is this one so important? Why does everybody talk about sleep when it comes to, to losing body fat? What the heck does this have to do with losing body fat? And I'll be 100% honest. It's not that sleep directly correlates to you losing more body fat. But what sleep does is allows you to be fully recovered. When you're not getting enough sleep, you're going to be more fatigued your hormones aren't going to be as regulated. Your hunger levels might be higher. Your irritability might be higher. Your decision-making is going to be disrupted. Your motivation levels are going to be lower. And so just being a responsible human, especially when you have a goal of dropping body fat and improving your life, you've got to get the rest needed to be able to go out and accomplish those goals. Those are big goals. It's going to be hard. You're going to be tried. You're going to lose motivation from time to time. Your hunger levels are going to increase. You're going to run into self-doubt. Somebody who isn't getting enough sleep and is overly drained and overly tired is just going to make worse decisions long-term than somebody who's well-rested. That's the importance of sleep. Not to mention that the less sleep that you get, the worse that can be on your hormones, the more messed up that your hormones can be, the more that that can downregulate your metabolism, which can, can then ultimately affect fat loss that way. 
but it's more of the mental aspect. If you're getting the sleep that you need, you're going to show up much more like the person that you want to be in your day-to-day life and make the decisions that are going to be better for you long-term rather than focus so much on the short term of just feeling better or not being as, as tired. So getting sleep, this is a huge one with clients that I'm always looking at and track on a weekly basis. What does your sleep look like? Are you getting at least six to seven hours of sleep? Does your phone, are you on your phone at night when you're going to bed? I'm guilty of this one. I'll be 100% honest. Something that I struggle with too. So I know if it's something that I'm struggling with, I'm pretty certain it's probably something that you're struggling with too, because we're all one in the same in many factors of life right? So if you have a goal of fat loss, prioritize your sleep to be able to stay consistent with a calorie deficit and motivated to stay in it, to eat enough protein on a daily basis and be intentional with it, to get into the gym three to five times per week, to get your step count in, you're going to need to be well rested if you're going to do it consistently. So six to eight hours of sleep per night, ideally seven to eight, very bottom line six. For me, I, I run on like that six to seven hour marker. When I'm getting eight hours of sleep, I'm a force to be reckoned with. I have a lot more energy. I feel a lot better. But in reality, with having a wife that I want to spend time with outside of work, with having a daughter, um, with having to get up earlier in the mornings, I'm honestly around six, seven hours of sleep most nights. But like I said, when I'm getting seven to eight, I can feel the difference. So for you, put your phone away. Have a specific time that you're going to be committed to being in bed, phone turned off, lights out, in a position to go to bed because it's going to help you show up to those other above four staples and allow you to be consistent with them much more often. And that leads me into the sixth point that we're going to get into, the sixth and final point, which is arguably the most important of them all, which is looking at all five of the above that we just talked about And not expecting yourself to be perfect with them, but expecting yourself to be at least 85 to 95% consistent with them. Notice I didn't say 70. I didn't say 75. I didn't say 80. I said 85 to 95% consistent. And over the years, if I've learned anything with the hundreds and hundreds of people that we've worked with at Lost and Lifting, on these exact types of goals is that most people think that they're being more consistent than they actually are. And then when they don't achieve or aren't achieving the result that they wanted long-term and they look back, they're mad about the progress that they've made, but they're not willing to look directly in the mirror and realize that it's at the consequence of them not aiming to be at least 85 to 95% consistent. Because most people think if I can't be 100% consistent, I'm going to say screw it all together, which is ends up keeping you more off track more often. Something you have to realize when it comes to nutrition as well is that five out of seven days on point is roughly a 70% consistency rate. So if you're perfect Friday through or Monday through Friday, that's amazing. Good for you. But if Saturday and Sunday you go off the rails and you don't track as consistently, you're not on point with your numbers, your consistency rate is only 70% roughly. And I have to have this conversation with people a lot. It's only at 70%. When we started, we set you up with the expectation of it's going to take 85 to 95% consistency. Not 100. You're going to have a meal or two off track. Enjoy yourself a little bit. Maybe even a day where you're off track per week. So you're six out of seven days on point to where you're right around that 
that 85% marker. But anything less than that, it's going to come at the harm of your goals long term. And again, you don't have to be perfect. You're not going to be a robot. The more you expect yourself to be 100% perfect, the more you're going to get completely off track due to this high expectation, unrealistic expectation that you have of yourself, or you're going to end up burning out because you never give yourself a break. And so a, a very easy thing that you can do here and, and full transparency, I stole this from Jordan Syatt is setting up a consistency, cal consistency calendar for yourself. I have a lot of clients do this. If they're frustrated by their lack of results and we're looking at their consistency rate and it's probably not up to par, we always bring up this awareness practice of, okay, what I want you to do is I want you to print out a calendar. We're actually in the process of, of building out um, consistency calendar, calendar PDFs that are lost and lifting branded that we're going to give to clients, but pull one of these out, stick it on in your bathroom, on your bathroom mirror, on your office wall, whatever it may be. And every single day that you stay within your caloric intake and you hit your protein numbers, put a check mark every single day that you don't, let's say you track, but let's just say you go over or you don't quite hit your protein goal, whatever it is, put an X. If you don't have at least 26 to 27 check marks by the end of that week, or excuse me, by the end of that month, then you have nobody to blame for the lack of progress that you've made, but yourself. And that might sound harsh, but what that also means is that you are still in 100% control. You still have your hands on the, the will of the ship and can turn it whichever way you want to. And this doesn't always just lie on the client because let's say that a coach has a client doing something that's just not sustainable in their life. That takes you working with a good coach to understand, okay, these things that we're doing are just things that you can't actually live up to. So maybe it makes sense to adjusting the plan. This is why it takes having an experienced coach on your team. If you're working with somebody to adjust things properly, to allow you to actually be consistent. But once you've done that, if you're not making 26, 27, 28 check marks per month and you're frustrated by the lack of progress that you're making, that's 100% on you. And again, that's harsh, but it's true and it's good news. It's not your metabolism. It's not your hormones. It's not your age. It's not your gender. It's your actions. So how are we going to line this up to where we can get 26, 27, 28 check marks throughout the week? Because that's what it's going to take to create the progress that you want to. It's a commitment. It's not being on point Monday through Thursday or Monday through Friday and saying whatever, Saturday, Sunday. It's about being on point the majority of the time if you have the expectation of creating a result. So keep that in mind. All five of those above, an 85 to 95% consistency rate. Get yourself a calendar. Put the check marks on there, the days that you're consistent. And be honest with yourself. If you're a few calories over, that's an X. That doesn't count. You've got to be consistent. How many days did you stay within your calories? How many days did you hit your protein goal? Check those things off. And if you're working with us, and you're hitting those numbers and you're, you're hitting that consistency rate, I promise you, you're going to see the progress that you want to see. But if you're anything below that 85% marker, that 85% rate, it's going to be at the expenditure 
of your progress happening at as an efficient rate as it could. And a lot of the times we get stuck in this area to where we're giving a really solid effort four to five days out of the week and then having two to three days where we're off, but our effort is solid for those four to five days out of the week. So we feel like we're giving an effort that's worthy of a result. And then we go for months on top of months and we create no real progress because our consistency rate isn't high enough, but we are giving some effort to where we falsely claim that it's our hormone, our metabolisms or whatever that's causing us to not create the result that we want when really it just comes down to dialing in that notch a little bit further to get up closer to that six out of seven days at least on point or six and a half days on point out of the week to actually see that progress that you want to see. It's like you're giving a consistent effort and then you're frustrated by your lack of results, but you're just not aware enough or realistic enough about the expectation of how much effort is actually needed to create that result that you want to see. And nine out of 10 times, it's going to take more dedication and more con commitment up front than what you really realize that it's going to. So that's the podcast for you today. I felt like that was an important thing to bring up. A lot of times we dive into the mental aspect. We dive into specific questions, but sometimes we just need to pull it back and get very simple and help you build your expectations on what to focus on on a day-to-day -day basis. It's not going keto. It's not doing a bunch of random workouts or HIIT workouts or CrossFit or a bunch of cardio sessions or this special diet. It's those six keys. It comes down to being in a calorie deficit, eating a sufficient amount of protein, lifting three to five times per week, getting your steps in consistently, sleeping six to eight hours per night, and being consistent 85 to 95% of the time. If you're doing those things, you're going to crush it. From here, there's a few resources that we have that can help you. One is we have a free resource called the Macro Starter Kit that will be linked down below to where you can go and download it. You'll be emailed the Macro Starter Kit. It will break down for you how to set up your caloric intake to get started. Again, that caloric intake isn't going to be perfect because no calculator is, but it'll give you some rough starting guidelines to start from in terms of your calories and your protein intake, as well as there's a recipe book in there as well with a lot of high protein, low calorie foods that you can download. You'll be able to look through it. It will give you some starting numbers to at least begin, and then you're going to have to make adjustments depending upon how your body responds. That will put you on our email list to where from there, um, in a couple of days, you'll also be emailed a couple free workouts that will show you how to set up a proper strength training program that you can get started on as well so that you have the starting guidelines of where to begin in your journey to start creating the result that you want with all of the information that you need. If you're somebody that feels like you need to up the ante a little bit, you've been trying for yourself for a while, you feel stuck, you can't stay consistent, you're not quite sure how to set up things individualized to your specific situation with where you're currently at and are just frustrated and feel like you need a little bit further guidance, then I highly suggest that you reach out and apply for coaching. At least hop on a phone call with us, have a conversation. Let us see where you're currently at. Let us see what you're currently doing to see if we can help. The best investment you can usually make into yourself is into your health because that's investing into your future and into your longevity as a human, into your confidence, which can lead into so many other areas of your life too. So I'm biased. I love coaching. I think that is what most people need to first hold themselves accountable, put their money where their mouth is and put them in a position to actually go out and achieve the things that they want and take themselves more seriously. But again, I'm fully aware it's not for everybody, 
but I think it's something that would benefit most people. So with that, I really do appreciate you guys. Hopefully this hit home. If you have any responses, as always, below, there's a link, lostandlifting.com backslash podcast, where you can go. You can leave questions for upcoming Q&A episodes. Um, you can just ask me any specific questions you have about your situation. Those questions will end up directly in my email inbox. I always get back to all of them, helping the best that I can from there. As well as if you found value from this podcast, as always, you know this podcast isn't sponsored. There's no revenue from it. It's just simply to help you in your situation. So if you could, the one thing that I ask is that you live it a star rating as well as a written review if you're finding value here. That's the payment that we ask for. We don't ask for money. We don't ask for donations. Nothing like that. I just want you to leave the, the show a rating and a review to help it be able to continue to rank up in Apple Podcasts, the app, so to speak. And a lot of you have, and I really, really do appreciate you all for continuing to do that, as I know it's something that I harp on a lot, but that's the one way for us to continue to grow this and continue for it to create more reach over time. So I really do appreciate you guys. Have an amazing day. I'll talk with you soon.